0: Should the Detroit Lions be the betting favorites in Vegas? We talk about it with Ben Brown.
1: You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's happening, everybody? Matt Derry back with you. It's Locked On Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network on this a Wednesday, July the 12th and a Thursday, July 13th. Thanks for making us your first listen. Checking us out wherever you get your podcasts. Indeed, our guest today, if you're watching on our Locked On Lions YouTube channel, is our buddy Ben Brown. I almost said Ben Braun, the former college
1: basketball (laughs) coach.
0: You've heard that before, Ben, I'm sure, right?
1: I get a lot of different name variations. I would
0: say, <laughs> that much, basically, so. Ben Brown is our guest from pro football focus. We'll join us momentarily. I want to talk betting. I want to talk data. That's what his uh, specialty is. Uh, certainly the over-under right now in Vegas, nine and a half uh, at FanDuel, proud sponsor of the uh, lockdown podcast network for the lions of this season. We'll get into that with Ben. Don't forget. Follow us on Twitter at dairy speaks D E R Y speaks at locked lions on Twitter. Matt Derry Facebook fan page. Yes, we are on threads at the real Matt Derry. Don't ask me why. And uh, also, of course, the Locked On Lions YouTube channel. All right. Ben Brown is here. A lot to get into. We're closing in on training camp. A couple of weeks away, Ben, uh, you and I were talking off air. You're not ready to uh, crown a little Denny Green term. You're not ready to crown the Lions just yet, but I know you do like what you're seeing right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I appreciate the shout out of Dennis Green. I think that he, as a young Minnesota Vikings fan, severely warped my perception of what it was like to play, I would say have a quality football team every single (laughs) year, but maybe not be able to get over the hump in a lot of ways. But I think like, you know, obviously going back to my childhood and, you know, having the Lions as this, you know, the, the, the secondary team in the NFC North in a lot of ways was, I would say impactful for me as well. But yeah, I think, You know, uh, looking at the Detroit Lions in 2023, obviously, there are a lot of people, I would say, maybe putting up their nose in certain areas as far as like where they're at from a betting market perspective. And I think that, you know, the hype and everything else that has been building from, you know, the national scene on down, obviously, overachieving last year is going to lead to that, but... This kind of feels to me like a situation where, you know, people are looking around and they're like, well, the Bears are still a year or two away. You know, the 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 Vikings still have Kirk Cousins. The Packers just lost Aaron Rodgers. Well, well, I guess it's the, the, the Detroit Lions in a lot of ways. Right. And I think that, you know, the, the, they could very much, I would say, live up to those expectations. But I think that it is almost gone a little too far to the point where uh, they might be just a little bit more overhyped than what, you know, I'm currently seeing in some of the PFF data and other things we're looking
0: at. All right. Well, your, your Twitter is going to blow up uh, with our listeners. So prepare yourself for that. But all right. I I put it on the screen hype, real or no, it sounds like you're leaning more toward no, but be honest, Ben. And you're a guy, like you said, you've covered the Vikings. You've been a Vikings fan. uh, You cover the whole league now for PFF, but, the lions have to be the betting favorites. You would figure and forget betting. They are the best team, at least on paper right now. Don't you think in this division?
1: Yeah, I do. I do agree with the synopsis that they should be like the, the, the lead dog in the NFC North right now. Um, you know, just based on where they, have where they were at last year, kind of how they finished out the season. And just given the, the lack of movement, I would say it a lot of their, in a lot of other teams in the NFC North, like it, it very much makes sense, but This still seems like a team that, even though they probably did exceed expectations last year, probably haven't, I would say, arrived to the point of really, I would say, being looked at as far as like uh, legitimate contenders in the NFC, right? Like, can they go up against a team like Philadelphia and hold their own in a playoff type setting? Can they do that with Dallas? Can they do that with San Francisco? And I think that, you know, kind of where they're priced and where the hype has been is that they are very much, gonna be that fourth team and could get up into the third or even the second or the first spot and that's the part that i am um i I don't know questioning i guess might not be the best word but i think that you know if the hype is kind of building for them to be you know a, a top two or top three team in the nfc i'm not quite sure that i'm bullish enough on them to potentially get see them actually get there i would say
0: so when i said earlier about nine and a half wins uh if you had to put a wager down, and you have have bet in your day, I'm not throwing you under the bus <laughs> or anything to uh, any of these hotlines, but uh, would you say over or under? What would you do?
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be really close. I think, like from you know PFF simulation perspective, um, we we do. L- Essentially have them right next to where they would be at Um, in the betting market. I think it's like 9.3 wins. So I think if I was going to lean in one direction, I would still probably play, you know, a a plus money play on them to win the NFC North. Um, It it just doesn't seem like Minnesota is going to be anywhere close. And unless you know something about Jordan Love that the rest of the league and the rest of the betting market doesn't know. Like the, the, there's a very viable chance that the, the the Lions could maybe you know only win nine games and still potentially you know win the NFC North. So I, I think although I would maybe lean towards the over from their win total perspective, I think you know with my money I, I very much like like the plus 145 price on on FanDuel for them to you know win the NFC North as opposed to doing you know the minus 110 uh, price for them to go over nine and a half wins because I do think there are at least some scenarios where you know, they could win the NFC North and maybe still finish just a little bit short of that win total.
0: I want to get into a little sunny or cloudy. What you, what you think is, is a lock that is something that is rock solid with this team. And then maybe some things that maybe you're not, uh, that you're concerned about in a second, but you mentioned Minnesota and your, your knowledge of this Vikings team. If you got the Lions at one, are the Vikings at two or, and there's even this Justin Fields hype. I mean, Ben, I call him Hall of Fields. I am so tired of this hype. I mean, the other day on first take, what are they doing? If you had one throw to make in the NFC North and picked a quarterback to make that throw and they're all picking Justin Fields, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. just, I can't wait for the season to start because I can't take it.
1: Right. I think very much like what is the evolution going to be like in that offense? Because obviously they were so reliant on Justin Fields to make plays with his legs. And although that can be – you know, somewhat sustainable when you are coming from behind and kind of this underdog mentality, like in order to like get, get ahead of teams and kind of like be the top dog, like you have to be able to throw the football. And I still think that, you know, even though Justin Fields was a really accurate passer at Ohio State, um, we haven't necessarily seen that I would say carry forward as maybe as much as we would want to project, maybe as much as we would even want to like at this point to really say that he is going to take this you know third year leap this particular season. But he he, he finally has the weapons in place in Chicago, so I, I think a lot of that might just be you know we're at the point in the off season that. Everybody's going to get hyped up on one in one sort of situation or the other, but I do think that you know I, if I was power ranking these teams right now, I would very much have um, I would very much have the Detroit Lions at one. I do think that Minnesota is probably still that second best team, but I probably have some bias with them potentially finishing worse than what the betting markets even projecting right now. It does seem like you know Questia Du Famaza and Kevin O'Connell are. At least more open to a little bit more of a rebuild type approach. We've obviously seen them release guys like Delvin Cook uh, and, and lose some guys along, you know, the defensive line in particular as well, and are very much going to have you know a, lo- a young team that really hasn't had a ton of meaningful reps at the NFL level yet. And I think that's got to be concerning. So I I don't want to say that I'm like overly bullish of Chicago, but. I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up finishing as the second best team in the NFC North. So I think if I was like actually wow. projecting it from my own viewpoint, I would have Detroit one, Chicago two, Minnesota three, and then the Green Bay Packers at four is kind of how I at least see this season, I would say, finishing out.
0: I'll tell you what, the uh, PFF posse is anti-Packers. That's you and now your boy Brad Spielberger. Brad right. hates the Packers. Right. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> he's, it's, he's down on Green Bay.
1: He, I know he isn't. Brad's a great guy. I mean, he's oh, yeah. honestly oh. the the best of the best. I would say to be honest with you, and and really understands the game and the and the salary cap implications like nobody else. I would say, but they're just too young of a team in a lot of ways. I still think there's like some weird things going on with David Bacchiardi, in particular from an injury perspective. And they just, I would say, maybe aren't all the way there along the offensive line. So then you're relying on guys like Christian Watson, who. Definitely flashed at certain points last year, but you know, with the with a very young you know signal caller that hasn't had very many meaningful reps at the NFL level, like I think there's got to be concern about this entire offense kind of coming together and gelling quickly, especially given how young they are. And defensively, you know, you know they've they've had I would say flashes, and I think Jair Alexander is still a really good shutdown cornerback, but I, I think they're thin in a lot of spots that could be very concerning, and it does seem like there are probably a lot of scenarios where, you know, the, the wheels come off and this does turn into a full on rebuild post Aaron Rodgers, uh in green Bay. And that's kind of what the PFF projections play out. So I, I get why Brad and I are at least a lockstep yeah. in that, which is good. So.
0: More with Ben Brown from pro football focus, PFF.com. Uh, and of course uh, on Twitter at PFF underscore uh, Ben Brown, are you on threads by the way?
1: So, I did start uh, I did start. <laughs> uh, I did start a thread thing. I don't know if I've actually done it. i'm I'm not a, and i I, I don't want to rag on anything. I'm not a. I need to be more involved on the social media platforms and i do think that threads might be an interesting uh a a way to actually get into it but it it, you know the the twitter verse and everything else is at a a very delicate time i would say um so i do think moving on some of those other platforms is definitely uh something that i am very much going to pick up here as we move towards training camp for sure
0: It is a uh, delicate uh, time, no question about it. All right, more with Ben coming up next. I want to get into a little sunny or cloudy. We'll talk some draft as well. First, though, we got to welcome in our partners, our new partners at eBay Motors, who teamed up with Locked On Fantasy football host Vinny Iyer. We love Vinny to uh, bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long, whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting a waiver wire. Every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. All right, Ben, you're going to play along with me. Justin Jefferson is one of Vinny's uh, big guaranteed fits. Went on the clock for the first overall pick in 2023 fantasy drafts. It's okay to get downright giddy about doing the gritty Justin Jefferson, a guaranteed fit to ignite the rest of your fantasy football lineup toward winning success. Are you in or out on Justin Jefferson being a top pick guy, Ben? Give me like 10 seconds.
1: Number one overall pick? I mean... I'm actually going to be out on this one in this particular season going back to, you know, where I think the Vikings are. But uh, I like I like Jamar Chase a little bit more. I also think Tyreek Hill has maybe a blow up chance. So I, I like those guys to maybe exceed Justin Jefferson. So with the number one overall pick, I think I'm leaning in Jamar Chase's direction.
0: But guaranteed fit. You say yes. You love Justin Jefferson.
1: I love. I mean, I'd love him long term for sure. I just hope the Vikings <laughs> can, can lock him up. Is all I'm. Is all I'm praying about at this point. So. Well,
0: Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. And hey, with eBay's guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, tail lights alternator shock struts you name it ebay motors has it and to make sure it's the right fit for your car because ebay guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time go forth so go forth switch gears crank the ac and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go With ebay guaranteed fit everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away for the parts and accessories to fit your vehicle. Just look at the green check at the green for the green check, get the right parts, the right fit and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to us customers eligible items only exclusions apply. Ben Brown with us, fantasy uh, expert gambling expert, everything data. I love when they say you're a data expert at the pro football focus. What is the data think of the lions offense, by the way, give me like a minute on that. What do, what do you, what do you look for this year?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I think they obviously, you know, have really young, exciting skill position players. What we need to see is Jameer Gibbs. I would say kind of take hold of the backfield right away. I very much believe that David Montgomery is kind of just a prodder, kind of just a guy in a lot of ways. And the more that they can get Jameer Gibbs involved even if it's in the passing down situation, like that's gonna open up a lot of things for them offensively, especially if Jamison Williams, you know, is out the first six games of the season. Like I'm 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 a little concerned about what's gonna happen at that secondary wide receiver and wide receiver position outside of Amon Ross St. Brown, but I think that's really you know, kind of the one question mark about this Lions offense that very much, you know, exceeded expectations last year, has the pieces in place along the offensive line. And I, you know, very much like, you know, what Ben Johnson has been able to do to maximize Jared Goff's strengths in so many situations, especially in some of those crucial down and distance type situations. And I think that's only going to kind of continue to be, you know, build up. So I think when it's all said and done, like they they could be looking at, you know, a a top 10 ranking from PFF grading perspective along for this particular offense maybe they get up to you know the top six or something like that i think we'll see where jared Goff's potential ceiling could land but i think if they don't really figure out that secondary receiver position whether it's you know a guy like sam laporta jameer gibbs maybe it is you know marvin jones jr coming back like they need to have somebody there outside of amon ross brown those first six weeks of the season uh because we still haven't seen enough from jamison williams to i would say buy into, you know, what he could potentially bring to this offense post week six. So I think that's the concern. But if that question gets answered, like they could very much be sitting it was, you know, the, the third best offense in, in the NFC. And if they get hot at the right time, you know, th- there's a chance that they could, you know, very much be playing with for a game to potentially get to the Super Bowl, I would say at that time.
0: I right, yesterday played a little game um, on the show, sunny or cloudy, basically couple of things that i really think it's just it's sunshine it's a lock and then cloudy is could these things kind of hover over the the season um give me a few things that maybe he likes and don't likes with this roster and maybe it's the coaching maybe it's the gm i don't know you i'm throwing it out at you
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the the greatest offseason thing that the Detroit Lions had was getting Ben Johnson for another year. It did seem like he could have been a pretty popular head coaching candidate. So I think another year with him and Jared Goff has me absolutely bullish about what they can do offensively. And then I do think as well, you know, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown has very much, I would say, arrived. But I think when, you know, when it's all said and done, like we could easily be talking about him as like a top five wide receiver moving forward at the NFL level after this season. So those are two spots I'm definitely bullish on. I think the cloudy part again, is that secondary wide receiver position. How does this offense, you know, kind of, I would say, Um, progress throughout the season like is Sam Laporta you know a a legitimate fill-in for a guy like TJ Hawkinson that they traded away last year or or or, or was that maybe you know another spot that they potentially reached a little bit from a drafting perspective so I think that's a concern and then defensively like I I think if you look at this you know the, the, the secondary unit like It could be really cloudy. Obviously, they went out and got guys like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They went out and got guys like Cameron Sutton. But how this all kind of comes together, like it does seem like there's going to be some pretty big bumps along the way and especially given their kind of schedule to start the season like it's going to be a tall hill to climb if they do start off with you know a a few losses especially because of the offenses that they potentially have to face so I'm 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 concerned about the secondary and I'm concerned about the secondary wide receiver position I think that's got to be you know the potential cloudiest output for if this team is going to arrive and exceed these expectations or not I would say.
0: One of my cloudies yesterday, it's kind of interesting, is just Dan Campbell decision-making. And you saw it uh, with your own two eyes last year in Minnesota. I know it was early in the year. Lions did not play well. They bounced back. Can't argue what Campbell has done in that locker room and with leadership, but maybe that Vikings game, and the decision-making that Campbell made, the Austin Seibert snafus and all that, maybe kept them out of the playoffs. Is that something that concerns
1: you? It is. It it definitely is. And I think, you know, we've seen the aggressive nature of Dan Campbell, and that is something that analytics for the most part, um, you know, definitely would gravitate towards. But I think there's always a question of like, is this actually the sharp and correct decision or is this just the most aggressive decision? And In some ways, if you are just being overly aggressive, like things maybe aren't correctly defined from an analytics perspective. I think you've seen that play out with Brandon Staley. So I definitely think that's a concern. I also just think. You know the overall mentality for how Dane Campbell has been successful and kind of bringing this team from you know bringing them up from their bootstraps and kind of being this underdog type team and kind of overachieving. Like once that role kind of flips a little bit and once you kind of see maybe like we are the top dog and we are going to get everybody's best game every single week and we we kind of need to go out there and we need to show that we are as good as everyone thinks we are. Like that mentality in a lot of ways flips and I, and I I don't think we've seen you know, Dan Campbell necessarily have to deal with that, but also how he's going to handle those types of situations. If he still is going to be able to kind of play this underdog card, or if he can, you know, still maximize, um, you, you know, the ex- expectation for this team and really kind of pick up some of these spots where they can kind of improve their win probability from him actually being aggressive. So I do think there is still, you know, some concern about uh, a Dan Campbell, led team being kind of the top dog and how that's actually going to pair with where they've been at previously and just how people have kind of, you know, I would say defined them. So I, I very much like, and and I'm in agreement with, um, you, you know, your idea on that one in particular.
0: A couple more minutes with uh, Ben Brown. We'll ask him some around the league questions and uh, what he likes about uh, maybe some of the opponents that the lions are playing over in the AFC. But we want to tell you about our friends at Marg's sparkling margaritas. I've been telling you guys for about a few months now, it's hot out there. Just got back from vacation and I missed, my, my sparkling margs, my margaritas, they are so good, refreshing, ready to drink. They're better than White Claws. They're better than High Noons. Margs are unbelievable. Crafted with real Blanco tequila. They're clean. They're crisp. Genuinely taste so good. And they got five unique flavors, so there's something for everyone to enjoy. I love most when kicking back after work. It's been hot. Get on the weekends. And the great thing about Margs is I'm going to be packing my cooler for backyard barbecues and days at the beach and even. Some tailgating in the fall with Margs. That's M A R G S, the drink of summer, no question about it. Go to the website, find out more where you can get these things at sipmargs, S I P M A M A R G S dot com. You'll find a retailer near you. Sipmargs must be 21 and over. Cheers and please, drink responsibly. I'm right, Ben Brown with us, Pro Football Focus. All right. So the Lions are going to be playing the AFC West this year, Ben. And it starts off in Kansas City. You mentioned week one is not going to be easy. Even if they, you know, the secondary had played together for five years, it's not going to be easy. Now this is going to be their first action. But what do you think of the the Lions playing the AFC West? And how do you view kind of the AFC as a whole?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if there was one, you know, division that you wouldn't want to play, it is probably the AFC West. Like there is probably – some legitimate hype with the Los Angeles Chargers as well. Everyone already knows kind of, you know, what what we're going to get from the Kansas City Chiefs and I do think it is going to be, you know, their very best especially starting off in week 1. So I think it's concerning and then you put in teams like the Chargers like I just mentioned and you put in a team like Denver who very much was expected to probably challenge for the AFC West at this time last year and kind of had the high Gotti win total at nine and a half games and very much didn't live up to the hype last year. But in a lot of ways, kind of has the same the same core tenets of where they were at last year at this time. So there could be some bullish cases where, you know, Sean Payton, Uh, you you know, maximizes the strengths of Russell Wilson and they do kind of turn into that team that everyone thought last year. So I think you're going to end up playing, you know, three really good teams in the AFC West. That does have to be concerning. I think you absolutely have to win, you know, week eight at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. And then, you know, if you do, if you do win another game against either Denver or the Chargers, like, even with a week one loss, you know, going two and two, or maybe even three and one against this division, you know, is very much going to set them up, I would say, for, uh, you know, not only a playoff berth, but a, a pretty decent season at that time as well.
0: Top three teams in each conference. What, what, do, you, what do you think?
1: So I like, I, I mean, very much the Chiefs, I think, are kind of in a class of their own right now. Um, I, I do think, you know, obviously Cincinnati, Buffalo, very much power rank there right now. But I think when it's all said and done, this might be a little bit of my, um, you know, Minnesota Vikings fandom coming back to haunt me a little bit. But I do think the New York Jets are probably going to be uh the second or third best team in the AFC when it's all said and done and i i think that the, how i'm seeing the season play out might be uh you know them losing a really close game in Kansas City uh to fall just short of the super bowl but i i very much think that the jets are not in that top 3 right now but uh are very much going to be that team at the end of the season and then in the NFC um i think it's Philadelphia i think it's Dallas and then i i, I, I think it's San Francisco but i would probably have Dallas uh, a little bit ahead of San Francisco because i just not quite sure how this quarterback situation is really going to play out for San Francisco to start the season, and, and I very much think they're the team that you know the Detroit Lions could potentially overtake uh, and really be that third or even the second best team in the NFC when it's all said and done.
0: Ben, thanks for the time, man. Great to uh, see you and talk to you, and we'll uh, we'll do it again soon.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Have a good show. Let's see if if we can restore it or not. I'm not quite sure, but (laughs) I I have some faith still. Some some
0: old Eric Eager bits coming out uh, right here on the Wednesday edition of Locked on Lions. We are back again tomorrow.